Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I don't know about you, but I need a break from politics. So we're going to do something fun and a little different this week. Trust me, you'll want to stick around. This is Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell. I got a very special show for you guys this week. For the first time, I'm having on two guests. They're good friends of mine. I've been to their homes, spent time with them, and they are great, great people. I'm talking about Mike Hill and Cynthia Bailey Hill, a power couple who have been married since October of last year. Mike is a veteran broadcaster and television personality who currently works at Fox Sports and the Black News Channel. He's also the author of Open Mike, a raw and honest memoir about his life that came out last year. His wife, Cynthia, is a model, actress, and reality star from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Today, I want to talk to them about all things relationships. Plus, I want to get into the entertainment industry and maybe get some inside scoops about their life in the limelight. But before we go there, we're about to address the national debate about race and police shootings that is raging across the country. Let's go. I am so honored to welcome Mike Hill and Cynthia Hill Bailey. Hi. Gianno, we in here. We in here. here. We in here. <laughs> if I could tell you how many times we say that to each other, Gianno, <laughs> like anytime your name comes up for the rest of the day, no matter what, we always say we're in here. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited that I made such a great impact on your lives. <laughs> so, so thankful for that. So this episode is extremely special to me. It's about relationships. It's about love. And it's something that you all know so much about having had relationships and years of experience and so much knowledge that you're going to drop on us today. So much that I'm expecting to learn. But before we get started there, I wanted to just talk about what's going on in the moment in our country, whereas we have a number of police involved shootings that have occurred. We're still in the Derek Chauvin 
trial from his uh, murdering of George Floyd. And the temperature is really high right now. And rightfully so, I would argue, because there needs to be something done. We need police reform. There has to be solutions. And I wanted to get each of your takes on what's going on in this moment and what could we potentially do to end it so folks can feel safe and we can just live together as a united community? Well, that's a tough question because I think if we actually had the solutions, we'd probably start working towards them. But I, I think from our side, I think uh, from uh, as a black man who's been pulled over and been harassed, uh, who's been profiled before, I think the first step is, you know, I think the police, and I'm not saying white police, I'm not saying black police, I think it's the blue. I don't think it's a black-white issue most of the time when it comes to police relations with uh, African-American uh, people. I think it's more of a blue issue because a lot of times, and I don't know if it's training, I don't know if it's just a mindset, but uh, we're viewed as a threat uh, automatically. Uh, we've even heard policemen say that before. When they go into certain neighborhoods, they fear uh, automatically. And, and that needs to start there. They need to see us as humans and not as somebody that they can pick up and, and, and get points for, uh, you know, doing their job or whatever, whatever you call that, or, you know, uh, or just feel like we're automatically out there to get them. We're doing something wrong. There is an issue in this country when uh, three times as many black men and women are killed by police officers than white people. Uh, and a lot of times, many times, they're unarmed. We've seen that, as you mentioned, with George Floyd. We've seen that uh, with uh, Dante Wright just moments, you know, not too long ago. We've seen it with Eric Garner. We've seen it so many times and so many names. We can say their names over and over again. But for the smallest infractions as well, it could be uh, a, a taillight. It can be Lucy cigarettes. It can be uh, allegations of a counterfeit $20 bill. So until I think the police, black, white, indifference, Latino, start seeing us as humans and not just a threat, I think we're going to have this problem. So we're going to have police reform, whatever we need to do, train and get rid of some of the bad cops. And when you bring in the new cops, they have to have the right mentality and the right attitude towards black people to see us the way we need to be seen. And that's as human beings and not as a threat. Right. And um, I, I would agree with my husband on this one. You know, for the most part, I think one of the most important things we can do is do what we're doing with you. Just keep the conversation going. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, keep posting about it. Keep talking about it. Um, I've been around for a long time. I will say this is the first, you know, since the movement, like all these things have been happening for years. Okay, mm -hmm. just on different levels and just, you know, just not, you know, just worse video footage. The video footage has gotten better, but it's still the same videos mm -hmm. of people just and justice happening over and over again to to black folks. Mm -hmm. So I would say we got to just keep talking about it and we got to keep protesting. and We have to keep bringing it up and we have to keep putting elected people, putting, you know, different people in place that can uh, represent black people to try to make effective change and just, you know, keep the conversation going as parents of young adults who drive, mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to what Mike was saying about like it could be the most I mean, basically, Noel could run a stop sign, get pulled over, and literally be in fear of 
just some a simple arrest or you know a warning or anything yeah. going to the left mm -hmm. if she didn't comply in a certain way or mm -hmm. they didn't feel like she complied in a certain way and mike you know, use the word, you know, they see us, he used the word threat. He said that they see as a threat. Sometimes I don't feel like some of these situations are even seen as a threat. Like if I'm, I'm a grown 54 year old black woman, if I'm driving my car and I see, see blue lights behind me, I'm, I, I will immediately go into panic mode. I don't have any warrants. I haven't broken any laws, but I just feel like I live in Atlanta, Georgia. If I get the wrong police officer mm -hmm. to pull me over for whatever reason as someone who has no criminal history who has no reason to be afraid i am honestly afraid i'm praying that i get a good cop that is going to treat me with respect mm -hmm. ask me for my credentials run my tags whatever tell me what i did wrong and send me on my way Give as opposed to it ending up going left mm -hmm. or being tased or shot for no reason and, and and that's and that piggybacking off of that is that's the problem is that we shouldn't be in fear of somebody that we pay uh, with our tax that's dollars supposed to protect us to protect and serve us we shouldn't have that fear but we do and it's not something new and people think you know it's something new and we're screaming and yelling we're screaming and yelling because it's been happening our entire lives it's just now being exposed because of social media everybody has a camera phone of course obviously uh police officers have their body cams now so it's being exposed and put out there in the open but you know other things get rid of qualified immunity maybe i don't know if it's completely defunding the police but it definitely needs to be reformed uh there needs to be the george floyd uh, act needs to be passed in Congress uh, because if there is a bad cop that's doing bad things and he gets fired from a, a, a position in one city, he shouldn't just be able to go to another city and get another job. So there needs to be that database. So there are a lot of different uh, issues uh, that need to be rectified. Uh, I don't know if I have the uh, correct answer to answer your question, but there's a lot. And uh, we, 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 we it, there has to be a change because it can't go on for long. And Accountability, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about accountability, the reason why a lot of black people are upset is not only because we're being killed in the streets, unarmed black people are being killed in the streets. And I'm not saying that everybody that gets pulled over doesn't deserve to go to jail because they do. There's people if, if you're committing a crime, you're doing something wrong and you threaten the police in any kind of way or if you got a weapon or whatever. I get that. But we want the same treatment that we see our white counterparts getting. We want that equality and we want accountability. So if somebody does do something wrong and they get charged, we want an indictment first and foremost. Didn't have that with uh, the Breonna Taylor. We didn't get the uh, we didn't get the, the charges. Uh, but we also have seen numerous times where somebody that could kill a, a, a black uh, person who was uh, unarmed get off and not even be charged. Eric Garner's situation, his cop is his uh, the cop is, is you know, uh, back on the force. I mean, so you, you see those types of things happening and you wonder why. So that's why it's important uh, for this Derek Chauvin trial. Um, <laughs> I'm praying I'm praying that there's accountability in that case. I'm praying there's some sense of accountability when it comes to uh, the Dante Wright situation in, in some ways, because once I think the police officers start seeing that they're having to pay for their um, transgressions, then that will deter others, hopefully, 
from committing the same crimes because if they feel like they can do it and get away with it, they're going to continue to be bold, uh, continue to be aggressive, continue to brutalize black people in these streets. And uh, it's, it's, it's just not a good thing at all. Yeah. And, and, and just in closing, if these police officers feel so bold and so comfortable doing the things that we have seen them do when they know they're being videoed, what in God's name mm. are they doing that we don't see? have been doing for years you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like what if no one's there to, what if we don't have the video footage what if they feel that comfortable doing the things that they have done and they know it's being filmed mm -hmm. i can't imagine what happens when it's not being filmed and they actually make it to the p police station like what what are the boundaries like right what like i i just I mean, thank God we actually have video footage because if we didn't, you know, then what? And, and what and, happens and, when and, it's not being video? And once do again, they do more? Well, I they, mean, that's what I'm saying. That's so so emboldened. You see Derek Chauvin knowing he's being taped. Yeah, proud. And still like, put his hand in his like, pocket and still do it. I mean, that's like we're just he's just smirking right in your face. That hurts. That that is, you know, that's throwing salt in the wound. We like, I know what I'm doing and I'm getting away with it, and there's nothing you can do about it. He was literally almost smiling yeah, for the camera anyway, at one point. So, like, hey, I know this is doing this, I know this is wrong, I know <laughs> that this is despicable, but I don't care. Yeah. What are you guys gonna do about it? Nothing. And yeah. that changed. They do not fear us, they do not respect us, and they do not value us. And that has to change. Well, thank you all <clears throat> for sharing your thoughts on that. And, and certainly that I agree with a number of your points there. And I've had experiences myself. And of course, I have no criminal background or anything like that. But even when I go get my driver's license, I make sure that I have a fresh haircut. Mm. I wear a suit and a tie and I smile. So if someone pulls me over and they see my ID, they, they think uh, a little deeper about who I might be or because it's not typical to have a, a suit on and smiling in your in your ID, especially uh, with some some. But men, a lot of so. times, I don't mean to cut you off, Giano. Please. They don't even wait to see your identification. They pull you over and they automatically look. Uh, Lieutenant Nazario, uh, the person in Virginia, you know, he didn't have uh, tags on his on the back, but he had them in the window. And he pulls over and he feels like he's, his life's in danger. He feels scared. He pulls over in a, a lit area. And the police officer is already uh, in aggressive mode because he sees that face. George Floyd sleeping in the car at the time and the, the cop already has his gun out. So before he can even present any kind of identification, all they see is the black face, you know. So and and, and, and then that's another thing after. And I don't mean to cut you off, Gianna. I know we're not going to try and take over your podcast, bro. But it's 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 that that that's the problem is once again, it's like they it's jumping to the conclusions before we can even identify ourselves to find out who we are. And then even after you get arrested, you get brutalized, you get killed, then automatically there is another assassination that happens. The character assassination that happens afterwards because they bring up everything in your past that had nothing to do with this particular situation that you were in at that moment. So all of that is a big reason why. And I understand why you're doing it, but you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. 
And that's the problem, Gianno, is that you shouldn't have to go and get a haircut. You shouldn't have to go. That's true. That's true. And I, and I, I don't disagree with you on that point. I know that for folks that are listening right now, there's going to be folks who agree with what you're saying and they're going to disagree. I think I, I agree. And I've said to conservatives, I said on Fox News, where individuals, it has nothing to do with the background. I shouldn't be hearing about what George Floyd did in his criminal past. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I don't care about there being drugs in the system. What I do care about is there was an officer who did something that was against his code of conduct. So I hear that completely. So what I'm hearing to summarize you all's point of view is we need to have the conversation, continue to talk about it, continue to lift our voices and use our platforms. And although I may not agree with everything that you two have said, I do agree that there's a necessity to have the conversation started. I think the police departments need to be reformed. I don't think the police departments need to be defunded, especially coming from where I come from on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Not having police could be a death sentence yeah. because we got our own people killing each other um, as well. So that's a, that's another consideration. So, you know, this is one of those times where I think we all do need to unite as a country and speak out against um, um, police misconduct and, and, and violence. We got to really be legitimate, have legitimate conversations around it and look to make changes and leave politics out of it. So that's what I personally believe. And I thank you all for your your thoughts on that. Now, as we, we go into something that's a little bit more of a, a lighter yeah, topic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I was even trying to get into this part of it. <laughs> and, and my wife said she wasn't going to say that much about it, but she got a lot to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, I personally, you know, don't, you know, it, it's upsetting. Every time, you know, just even talk about it, because then it makes me think about the news news clips and the videos. And I'm like, and then mm-hmm. it just makes me upset. So, no, I, I don't want to consume myself with the 24 seven because it's it's depressing. It's very depressing. Yeah, very depressing. So anyway, moving on to relationship talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Mike Hill and Cynthia Bailey here on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. we got much more with them after a quick break. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Thank y'all for coming on there to educate us on and you know what your experiences have been in relationships and you all are obviously a power couple you're on television every day um you're you're very viral you're on the real housewives of atlanta i think it's the number one out of the entire franchise for bravo so this is this is a really good time to understand your story and what you all um, have gone through and experiences your challenges outside of each other and with each other. And of course, Mike, you wrote a book called Open Mike, where you talk deeply given your perspective on relationships. But let's start from the very beginning. So a logical place would be to start with how you all met. Hmm. And let, let's kick that off. Mike, go ahead. Well, we, we met in the most unconventional way. We actually met uh, on a Steve Harvey show uh, when he had a talk show on NBC. He was doing a dating segment uh, and a and he had Cynthia on the show before. He's a good friend of Cynthia's and he wanted to help Cynthia out with her dating life. <laughs> he yeah, to- I was on a dating app yeah. and he's old school. Steve is old school. He was like, what the hell are you doing on a dating app? You don't need to be on a dating app. <laughs> You know, I got I know plenty of brothers that would love to go out with you. So, you know, I was joking around. I was like, well, if you think you can do a better job than finding me somebody and I can, then go for it. Jokingly. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know fast forward. I would actually actually be doing his dating pool. Yeah. So so there's a producer that reached out and I was doing Fox Sports Radio and reached out to a friend of mine or my co-host at the time and said, hey, you know, uh, what might be interested in doing a dating show um, and meet one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. My first question was, which one? Because <laughs> obviously, because uh, not all of them would have uh, gotten my attention. But when uh, he said Cynthia, I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll go on there. But so he didn't say the fine one. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that the goes without saying. One. That goes without saying. I just, you know, you know, everybody knows Cynthia Bailey's the finest and most classy one of all I'm the Housewives franchises. But no, it's true. It really is. You're my baby. I can say that. But uh, you know, so I, I, I went on there, and uh, I didn't expect much. I didn't think Cynthia Bailey was going on there looking for real love. I thought it was just some. Kind Kind of publicity thing so i was going to go along with it and uh lo and behold obviously i won the dating pool and went there and yeah and uh but it was a slow burn right babe it wasn't really yeah, well the crazy thing is my pr team didn't want me to actually do the segment mm. 
I was on Steve's show promoting Housewives at the time, and we were just playing around. And then when they, when his, when Steve's people circled back and was like, "Hey, we really would like for Cynthia to come undo Steve's dating pool. He really wants to hook her up." Hook her up. And my PR team at the time was like, "You know, we don't really think." you know, it's a good look, really. We just don't feel really feel like you need to do it. You know, they don't really, you know, it's kind of, it's not really, it's not really like a celebrity version of it. Like basically they're like, it's usually for regular people and not for folks on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so from a PR standpoint, they're like, it's beneath you basically to do it. You mm. shouldn't do it. But you know what? I'm, I'm going there and meet some loser like Mike. They were trying to look out for my best interests. But here's the thing. You know, I always just kind of go with my spirit and my heart and just kind of do whatever I want to do. Like, I have a great team of people that, you know, give me great advice. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. And it just kind of came up at a time where I was like, you know what? As long as I don't have to get stuck with nobody that I don't like, as long as I, if I don't have to pick anybody, if I don't like any of these dudes, mm. let's go, let's have fun. And it was a free trip to LA and I love being out in LA. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's, let's go, let's make it happen. So she made it happen. Uh, once again, she picked me and uh, I didn't think anything of it. I like, like I said, I thought I'd see her around, you know, maybe a couple of years later at an event, celebrity event or whatever and say, hey, well, let me stop, Mike. OK, first of all, Mike was the cutest one. He was. <laughs> okay, like, you won by default, hey, Mike. Andrew's elbows lined up. OK, hold on. Hold on. Like why? why, why, why did, hold on. Did you hear the shade? She said <laughs> like it was Mike and a bunch of <laughs> like, I'm not, like I'm not an Idris Elba's clan. Like, it's, it's like it wasn't like no no you said it you said it that's your that gut that, mm -hmm. no what i'm saying is mike was definitely the standout okay was, mm -hmm. when i was walking out to the stage mike and these two other really nice guys were already out there okay they had three other dudes that were like backup dudes because i could switch a guy out if i didn't like what i saw when i made it out there and when i walked past the backup guys i was like i hope to hell, there's some some better looking men on the stage. <laughs> These backup plans are not going to be backing anything up over here. <laughs> so um, anyway, long story short, and I know we're not making it short. <laughs> That's okay. Take your time. Stood out in every way. He just came off just super confident, um, fun. Uh, he came off way more spiritual and religious than he actually is. The man ain't, he has not taken me to church once. We have, I, uh, I'm one, it's been COVID. We haven't been able to go he, to church. Oh, uh, babe, this is before, I've, I've known you almost four years now. No. <laughs> if I step inside a church with my kill at this point, it'll fall, it will probably fall down on us, but I remember what stood out was every question that I asked him, you know, had something about God. So I was like, okay, now I'm trying to be his lady. I don't know if I want to be the first lady. Is he, <laughs> is he uh, getting ready to go into, I mean, I, there is clearly a ministry inside this man. No, but every question that that's, was a genuine answer. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I still have, I have a strong belief in God. Yes, strong, very spiritual, you know. We pray every night. Okay. This is the first man I've ever been with mm -hmm. that we get on our knees every night. And pray so together. just because we're not in the house of the Lord doesn't mean that the Lord isn't inside us. You know what I mean? Amen. So yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's what our wow. That's what our relationship is built on. But once again, so she picked me. Slow burn. I didn't think I was going to actually see her. We went on a date because the producers actually tricked us because it went a couple of weeks, right, babe? 
It was like a week. Okay. Oh, well, and then so I get I get an email from the producer, and the email from the producer like Cynthia Bailey really likes you. She really wants to go out with you. Uh, is it okay for you to have her number and give her a call? I'm like, oh, really? And lo and behold, they were I, telling me the same. They were thing. telling her the same thing. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> really wants to get in touch with you directly. Is it okay? Well, I was like, all right, he's sweating me so hard. Go on, get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to him. But, um, you know, what's funny because one of the things I really walked away when I first initially met, when I first initially met Mike before we even went out on a date was just thinking, you know, he seems like a good dude. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, I wasn't like, oh, my God, like, I can't wait to go out with him. And this is definitely someone I could see myself spending the rest of my life with. My takeaway was he just felt like a good guy. Like, mm. he just felt like he had good intentions. And he was funny and he was cute and, you know, he was likable. And it, he just felt, you know, like someone that even if we didn't, you know, if it didn't happen for us, I wouldn't mind having him as a friend which yeah. is one of the most important things you can have in any kind of relationship that gets serious is is the friendship first and i felt like i could be friends with the man so. and yeah and, and uh, on piggyback off of that i felt the same way even if it wasn't somebody i was going to spend the rest of my life with with cynthia when i first got to know her i felt like i'm going to know this woman she's going to be a part of my life in some capacity i don't know what but I felt the connection with her and she was just so sweet, so genuine, which she still is to this very day. Uh, and I was like, maybe I could introduce her to her next husband or she could introduce me to, you know, my next wife. Who knows? But I knew after a short amount of time that she was going to be in my life for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky enough that she's my wife and now she's Mrs. Hill. Now, Cynthia, you said it was like at first sight rather than love at first sight. How did things change to love? Things well, changed well, to love. She might not want to get too over graphic. Time. But. No. <laughs> things changed over time. You know what? We just took our time. Um, you know, what? what's important to me when someone expresses an interest in getting to know me is consistency. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. And I'm not saying you got to blow me up the whole time, but if you start off calling me five times a week and then you drop down to once every two weeks, that's not going to work for Miss Bailey. Mm. Now, if you start off calling me once every two weeks and that's just what we're doing, then that's fine. But you can't like, you got to be consistent with, what, with whatever it is. Like you got to be consistent with it. And one of the things about Mike was he was consistent you know he would call and check in he wasn't like overly checking in but he made it pretty clear that he wanted to be in touch you know he had some distractions going on at the time when i met him <laughs> so did you he had some things he was in them la streets and you had some thoughts out there too uh, i had some distractions going on at the time as well so neither one of us was like in a rush to really you know do anything but it just got to a point where the more I really started talking to him more consistently, and then when we kind of graduated from just talking and texting to FaceTiming, um, I just remember specifically he, he had started writing his book and he was like reading me some stuff from his book. And I just was, I just remember thinking, wow, like, okay, you got, and this brother been through some things, hmm. you know, like it just kind of made me want to know more about him. And I, I love, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say I love people's struggles, but I love to see someone want to be better. I love people that are trying to be happy. And I love when people are on a quest for peace. Mm. And I love when people are just trying to live in their purpose. And yeah. I felt like he was trying to figure it out. And I felt like some of the things that he was telling me about his past, it just didn't seem like he was happy or happy. Mm. And for me, that is devastating because mm. I'm always on a quest for peace. I have peace and I even want more peace. Like that is, I used to say, oh, I just wanna be happy. I don't say that anymore. I say that I want peace because I feel like, I believe that if I have peace, I have happiness, happiness, mm -hmm. but I could have happiness and not have peace. Mm. So I wanted to see him win, even if I wasn't included at the end of his journey, but I wanted to be supportive of what he, what it felt like he was trying to do for himself. Like I felt like there was some self love missing or something. And I wanted to, um, I don't know, I just rooted for him. And then yeah. I ended up marrying the man. What you want me to say? Yeah, no, no it's, it's interesting because I've, um, I've had the honor and privilege of knowing Mike uh, before he, he met you, Cynthia. And one thing I realized when Mike and I, we would go out, we may, go to um, a restaurant, bar, or whatever the situation was, and I just Don't remember- Don't you watch Nagiana. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hey, Travis, this is my podcast. Hold on, hold on. This is my whatever you need to say. Make sure you dated correctly. Hey, <laughs> we're already married now. Okay. Okay. So just go ahead and say what you need to say, brother. That, that was the old man, the new man here. <laughs> But no, I saw I saw a, a sincere change in Mike when y'all began dating, and like I'll never forget. Change? Say that again. Like what kind of change? When you say a sincere change, like what? what Meaning he was all about you, and I think everyone realized that from seeing social media, Instagram, and all of that good stuff. But I'll never forget talking to you, Mike. We were at Tal. It was a Friday night in Los Angeles. That used to be y'all little hangout spot. Yeah, we, were, we were there all the time. Where the hoes reside. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! This is a conservative podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Take that part out. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a beep. John to put a beep. <laughs> John and Cassie are our producer. He'll beep, he'll beep that word. Okay. <laughs> but sincerely though, I remember talking to you on a Friday night, Mike. I don't remember if you you remember this. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, man, bro, like, are you in love? Like, did she know? And he was like, bro. It's real. Yeah. I'm yeah. in love. I'm like, man, because you were going so hard. I'm like. I never seen this before, so it was just so interesting to see that transition just take place, and it hit hard. It was almost like, you know, when you you date a celebrity, like y'all both celebrities, y'all both been on television. That's all good and fine, mm -hmm. but sometimes you kind of you go in slow just to see how a person responds to you, mm -hmm. and you don't you know you don't take it up a notch too quickly. But bro was hitting hard. It was, yeah. I couldn't believe it. So it was almost like a certainty, like you knew, Mike. Did you know 
that this was going to be your wife? Like, when did you know? I, you know, I, I didn't know. Like I said, in the beginning of our relationship, and a lot of people didn't know about our relationship for a while, obviously, mm-hmm. because when you're dating a celebrity, you you need to keep that quiet uh, for a while because, you know, people come for you. And, and it's a, a different animal once you're out in the open. Even if I've been on television, Cynthia's the celebrity. I'm just a dude that's on television. I've been on television for a while, but she's a celebrity. And I understand that. And it's a different animal that's out there. So we didn't uh, tell people publicly for a long period of time, maybe about four months into our, uh, us dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then during my birthday, she did something really special. And it kind of made me say like, oh, OK, well, she's she looked different. She did something that nobody had ever done for me. Before. Nobody else threw my birthday party. So pretty much I threw the man a birthday party and he was in. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't. But it wasn't just a birthday party, but it was like an intimate affair. She had set up her wine cellar before it actually had gotten built out. You know, candle lights, whatever, catered, you know, and I'm like, this is this is for me. I'm always been I've always been the giver in relationships. I've always been the one that has been asked to give. And, you know, you know, you receive a little bit, but I never really expected it. And if I receive something, it was always in return of something I've given. Nobody's ever given me something without me actually giving them something. So when Cynthia did that for me and always tried to look out for me, I'm like, she's a little different. And it had nothing to do with her celebrity or her fame or whatnot. I I wanted to date the individual. I wanted to date the person, Cynthia Denise Bailey. And that's what I found out. So over a period of time, I just started to open up a little bit more because she'll tell you I in the beginning. I just was very guarded, guarded. Mike was very guarded when I met him. Uh, he was always kind of looking, he like literally was trying to get in the door, but had an exit exit strategy the whole time. Yeah. Um, he was afraid to fall, afraid to commit, afraid to be on. He was just afraid of everything. Yeah. And it was obvious. And I'm, you know, he met me at a point in my life where not only do I know what I want, I know what I don't want. You know what I mean? I'm like, look, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Like, I'm not like, I, I don't go for me relationships. I, you know, I don't have like a fear. Like I just love, I'm a Pisces. I jump all in with both feet. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It ain't that deep. So I'm not really trying to be halfway in and trying to be halfway out. And I was like, dude, like either we're going to do this Oh, we're not going to do this. Like, this is not a hostage situation. We don't want to do this. <laughs> if you're that scared, if you're that concerned, and you just don't know, if you if this is making you this uncomfortable, we don't have to be together. We can but, be but friends. It, but, it, but it wasn't an uncomfortable. It was just me still figuring it out. I was still going through my process. And like she said, I was writing my book at the time, and I was working through my issues. As I told you before, Gianno, my book was my first form of therapy. Mm-hmm. We talked about this as, as black men growing up in certain environments or just in general, you know, it's just not something that we have in our community is therapy. And my book became my therapy. And as I was writing my book and I was sharing some of my stories and my past and my truths with Cynthia, she was the first woman that really accepted it and didn't judge me for them. As a matter of fact, mm. it brought us closer. And as well, I start, as I started talking about it a little bit more, I felt like I can trust her because I can tell her some of my most intimate details that I probably hadn't even told people before. And the reaction that she gave me made me feel like I could trust her a little bit more. So I was mm. well. I, I will say this, and then we can move on to to the next question. I'm a very secure woman. 
I'm extremely secure. And I think it's very rare to find someone that says it and is actually true. Like, I'm not going to question stuff. I'm not trying to check your messages. I don't care about any of that. I don't give a damn who you following. I don't care about, as long as, you, if you're with me, as long as you're being appropriate, I don't care about you liking pictures. Can Baby. That part of <laughs> John beeped that word out too. Wow. Wow. Uh, and she's a classy one on the house, guys. <laughs> classy people don't cuss. Anyway, but like, there's like, I think like, you know, I don't know what Mike was used to, but I feel like, I know, I know LA dating. I know mm -hmm. what that's like. And I feel like it's a lot of game plan and like, oh, you know, you got to be like, oh, let me try to, you know, if he texts me, let me wait two or three days to text him back. Like playing all these stupid games that I do not play. If I like you, I'm going to act like I like you. And if you're looking for a challenge, if you think me calling you a couple of times a day that I'm not being a challenge anymore, if that's a turn off, then you can miss me with all of that. Like I'm not playing any of those games at this point in my life. I've never played those games. I'm certainly not going to do it now. And I felt like, you know, Mike was used to that L.A. dating style. And it was like, I think he had been, you know, in some situations before me that maybe didn't work out for him that he would have liked for them to work out. And I think those people may have been playing games. So it was just kind of like a weird, like, like, you know, we just had to kind of just have a come to Jesus on it because I'm not I'm secure. I don't care what you did. It is what it is. If you want to be with me, then be with me. And if you don't, Go be with somebody else. Like, it's just not that complicated. And if you want to call me, if I want to call you 55 times a day, I'm going to call you 56 times a day. That's how Cynthia Bailey rolls. And if I don't feel like talking, I'm going to say, hey, I love you, babe. I don't feel like talking today. Like, I just think honesty and transparency and realness is what really matters at the end of the day. And if somebody's checking for you, they hear you because they like you. But if they ain't really checking for you that hard, they're gonna find a reason to not go with whatever you're, what, whatever you're trying to be honest about. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, if I'm telling you the truth and telling you how I feel and I'm being vulnerable and just putting it out there and you use it against me in some way, that's childish, that's stupid, that's playing games. Like, I, I don't like stuff like that. And I'm not that girl. And again, I feel like I'm, I don't, like I say, I don't know who else, he, well, I do know a lot of people he's been, he's been with, but I'm secure. I don't know if that was always his experience. Mm. So the rules change when you're dealing with someone that actually is secure. So then you gotta be like, okay, well, this is different. She's not harassing me. She let me hang out. Mike has like more girlfriends than he has guy friends. I don't care. Platonic. Yeah, well, I know them all. <laughs> he like being around a lot of women. <laughs> right. Mike's also a flirt. Oh. He's a lot of those things. But as long as he's not disrespectful to me or being inappropriate, if he's with me, I don't care. Do whatever you got to do to feel good, brother. Yeah, whatever you got going on ain't got nothing to do with me, what you need. What you need to feel good ain't got nothing to do with me. So if, um, you know, however you move, as long as it's not disrespecting me, if you're with me, we good. Mm. Now, you know what's interesting? Uh, social media these days. And Cynthia, I know you have 3.3 .3 million followers on Instagram and it's, it's a popular culture thing. And to be very honest with you all, I feel a little hopeless with where the culture is when it comes to dating and social media and the girls being half naked. And I'm 
recently out of a relationship that I thought was going to go the distance, but it didn't. And it it kind of made me feel a bit bad about what dating may look like uh, kind of moving forward. And almost like, to be honest with you, I seemingly don't really want to date. And that's really the, the, the feeling that I get, because it just seems like it's a lot of trash out there. And women these days, at least from what I've seen in a number of instances, I know that's not all women. But it just seems like it's just a fast paced kind of L.A. vibe. You know, how much money do you have? What can you do for me? And it's, it's just it seems like a very toxic culture um, these days. What advice would, would you both either, you know, please both of you uh, respond to this. What advice would you have for those who are interested in getting married and feel hopeless? Because I'm almost feeling like, man, I don't know if I'm going to ever get married and I'm 34. And I feel like, you know, Mike, I know you've been married a couple a couple of times. I'm like, my man's been married a couple of times. I can't even get one. <laughs> like, thank, what's going thank you, on? Thank you for reminding me of all my alimony payments. I appreciate that and all the money I've lost over the years and the heartache. And thank you for ripping off the Band-Aid, Gianno. I appreciate that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> You got a lot of advice to give. We being real. How loud would Gianna Caldwell? We here. We here. Well, first of all, first and foremost, I was sad to hear that your last relationship didn't work out. Yeah, you we know, were rooting Mike for you. was kind of, you know, I was kind of hearing things from him, how happy you were, and it just seemed like it was it was the one. And yeah. then when he said that you guys it didn't work out, and I don't don't even remember the reason. Maybe didn't even tell him. I can't remember, but whatever. He told me it didn't work out. So yeah. um, I was sad to hear that because it seemed like you were happy. Um, with in regards to the question that you're asking me, I would say to you, first of all, don't let you know the fact when things don't work out, sometimes it's a good thing. Because that person could be in the way of the person that you're supposed to be with when mm-hmm. it happens. You know what I'm saying? So that's just part of your journey. That's part of whatever you whatever take the good of whatever the good was. Let you know, let it be a teachable moment, whatever, and go into this next thing whenever it happens. Definitely a teachable moment. That's for sure. (laughs) A billion percent. You right about that one. I got notes. Notes. You learn. You gonna learn today. Trust me. Notes. Well, but but don't but don't let you know, we all have been through relationships that didn't maybe end the way that we would have liked for them to end. But please don't like put bring that into the new situation when Mm -hmm. it does become a situation, because that's not fair to the new person. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I would say in terms of social media, you got to figure out what you what you what you want. You know, I mean, there's a lot of temptation out there on social media. There's a lot of beautiful women out there on social media. There some of them good. Some come in peace and some come with bad intentions. So I would say you got to figure out you got to figure out what you want and what you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? If you just want, you know, some eye candy, just something that look good, somebody with a bunch of followers, somebody with a bunch of likes and all that stuff. You got to figure out what you really are looking for. And I feel like once you kind of figure that out, like take your time and like be selective because you got to remember you are a prize as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So who not only look for what you want, but who deserves you? Who yeah. deserves you? you know who told me that? Find on social media, you might be able to find it on social media because I'm not going. I'm not going to rule that out. But it's 
It's, it's so funny because you, you just said that you are a prize as well. And someone told me that just two weeks ago, my, my sister and uh, now who's a part of your franchise, Ebony K. Williams, she was saying, listen, Gianno, you a prize as well. You got to keep that in mind. And I think that's important for guys to note Absolutely. as you know, folks who are listening. When you pursue women, know your value as well. Yeah. Yeah. When you know who you are and you know what and, and I'm not saying you don't. I think sometimes when it comes like you can have your stuff. Just like a woman can, you can have everything together, and then when it comes to the affairs of the heart, just end up being a fool, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just love can, you know, fools. Why do fools fall in love? You know what I'm saying? You have to just be just as focused and strategic in your personal life as you are in your professional life when it comes to what you want and what you don't want. And when you see when you see those signs come up when you meet somebody, because there are signs, brother. Now you can ignore them. <laughs> Acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. When you see those signs, that's when you need to fall back a little bit and be like, wait, okay, now what is that? What is that? That feeling you get where like, oh, that didn't really feel right. That didn't hit right. Uh, <laughs> pay attention to that. You know what I'm saying? Because it means something. If you feel something, it means something. And and just be honest with yourself. If you want a nice girl, look for a nice girl. If you want a boss, look for a boss. If you want an Instagram thought, go live your happy life with an Instagram thought. <laughs> don't, looking for, don't want the temptations and the distractions of an Instagram thought and then really want to be over here with somebody classy. No, it doesn't work like that. Do do you. What, figure out what you really want because the two are not the same. The two are not the same. Be honest with yourself. In, in, absolutely. And for those who may not know a thought is a loose woman in, in kind terms. That hoe over there. Stop. Well, that's what thought means. But this is just know your audience, baby. <laughs> oh, is this like a, a religious podcast? No, it's not. Okay, but still, you know. Okay. So, okay. the definition of a thought then he has to give the definition of a thought oh, yeah. a, 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 a loose lady yes he, okay. <laughs> okay. okay ask your boy the same question no I'm just let you talk you realize the male perspective well I'm not going to be able to finish my thought anyway so I'm just saying <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else I just, like, go ahead Mike go ahead Mike and Cynthia I'm enjoying your, your commentary thank you so much Mike what, what are your thoughts because popular culture is so important now and it it seems as though a lot of people lead with Instagram these days. They don't lead with um, how can we get to know each other? Can I take you on a date? Mm-hmm. Can I be a gentleman? It's like, oh, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Mm-hmm. As though that, that determines your prominence or how you're going to treat a person. And it's, it's become a very toxic, toxic culture, in my, my opinion. You can meet Arm Candy on Instagram. I don't know if you're going to meet your wife. I don't know if you're going to meet your, your your queen necessarily on Instagram. There are different ways, obviously, that you can meet people through dating apps, through Instagram. Social media is huge these days, obviously. Uh, but, you know, what, what about the old school way of doing things? I mean, and it's not just about the pictures. It's not about the looks. It's not about how many likes that they have or how many uh, times that they can uh, throw out these pictures out there on their stories, on their on their posts and, and throw Facetune. Uh, on to it and and they know their angles but how about getting to know somebody being able to talk to somebody getting to feel somebody uh as as cynthia was talking about you're not going to find somebody who's perfect you're never going to find a perfect woman you just need to find somebody who's perfect for you 
And like Ebony told you, like I tell my daughters all the time, know your worth. You know, you are a king. If you feel like you're a king, you need to be with a somebody who is a queen and vice versa. And if you find yourself a queen, you need to be worthy of the crown that you said that you're going to put on your on your head yourself. So you got to act that way. Uh, bottom line is, man, look, you know, um, you just have to go out there and, and be encouraged, not be discouraged. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, what you went through with that young lady happened for a reason. It allows you to grow. Uh, and it's going to prepare you for life to come in one way or another with the next person that you're with. But when you go into your next relationship, make sure you go into your next relationship as a whole person. So you can go in there looking for somebody that is perfect or somebody that's great and that's whole and has everything to offer. But make sure that you are prepared first before that happens. And I always say that your, your best relationships are between two people who are whole. And my analogy is you can take a, a, a two layer cake. You can have that first layer. It's got to be perfectly rounded. Right. That means that cake is whole. And the other layer has to be perfectly rounded. That cake is whole. And then you stack them on top. Everything that you create on top of that is like the icing on the cake, literally, pretty much and figuratively. Right. But if you got somebody who isn't whole or they're missing something, a slice, that's not going to look the same. So then you find yourself supplementing uh uh, something that you're looking for in a relationship because you're missing something. So you're taking that from that person and that when that person takes that away from you, then you're longing for that person and that person might not be necessarily right for you. So once again, Diano, don't be discouraged by, don't say, you know, social media is out there and I can't find a woman because I'm sliding in somebody's DMs, they're sliding in my DMs. You know, you, I know it's Corona and COVID and you're not able to get out and socialize, but get out and socialize and meet somebody. And they, they, know, they, they might necessarily, not necessarily look like Holly Berry. They might not be the perfect 10, but ain't nothing wrong with a good eight and a great personality and a spiritual person and somebody who loves and respects and honors you. And then all of a sudden that eight that you saw before turns out to be the 10 that you need. I want to pick up from there in a moment, but first let's go to break. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Now, let's be clear. Y'all out here saying, like, I don't have no options. I got the long list. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You, I may, know. you may not I get a 10, but you can get a three and a half. And, uh... <laughs> no, I mean, but, no, but see, the thing is, like, everybody's everybody's looking for that woman that is out there and that is that Instagram model and, and everybody wants them or whatever. You know, but sometimes those women aren't prepared for you. They're, they're not the right woman for you. Just I don't because- know if I agree with that. I don't think everybody's looking for an Instagram model. I think there's a lot of men out here that are looking for a successful woman that has her own stuff going on. That's looking for a boss, you know, that's, and that's you know, me. That would be me. That's what I'm interested herself. in. She ain't got to look like no Instagram model. Um, just somebody that has it going on, somebody that you have some kind of connection with. Uh, but I, I would say, I, I would say this. I think I agree with a lot of things that Mike said. But if you're going to go to the gram, and a lot of times a lot of people don't have a lot of other options but to go to the gram, I would definitely play by your own rules. Shorten the vetting process. You know what I'm saying? If you meet somebody, if you somebody seems like they're interested in you and you guys get some kind of dialogue and DMs, cut the DMs out quickly. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, I'm not going to be sitting up DMing no food for three and four weeks and months. No. <laughs> you don't want to get... You're in my DMs. That means you're telling me that you're interested in some way. And, and, so what is it do you want? And communicate. Stop the texting so, too. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to text me. Yep. I'm gonna give you, If I give you my phone number... Let's talk. Call me and then let's talk. And let's meet. And if you ain't talking about vibe. nothing, if you don't like what I'm talking about, then... You don't have to lose, lose. You don't have to lose it because I'm just gonna block you. And <laughs> that's what I don't understand. People out here want to DM. They want to text. They would. They don't even ask for phone numbers these days. It's like, what's your IG? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that's what that's what a lot of people are doing these days. I'm gonna when let it comes you in on the secret. I'm on Instagram. I have quite a few followers. I've had men slide in my DMs. Any any famous one you want to mention? And if I feel like I want to get to know you, I'm going to give you my phone number. If I'm not checking for you and I'm playing games and I got 10 other guys in my DMs and I'm kind of weighing my options, I'm not going to give you my phone number. But if I'm interested, I'll give you I'll give you my number and say, hey, you but know why are you, but, but why are men sliding in DMs when they have an opportunity to meet that person face to face? A lot of times they could be right in that person's face. Well, they may be in a different state. But, like but no, well, I mean, if they're in a different state, yeah. I understand that. Well, you got a lot of suitors out there because, you know, all your, your thoughts. You know, we already know what thoughts mean. We don't have to explain that anymore. <laughs> we don't have to explain You're that welcome. anymore. So here's the thing. But, you know, the thing is, if, if I'm in the same space with you, I'm in the same city and I've been in the same room with you and I met you that night. Why am I sliding in your DMs instead of talking to you face to face and getting to know you and getting a vibe with you and finding maybe finding a connection right away? And then once I do talk to you if I reach out to you because I, I didn't meet you in person. I meet you through DMs. You send me your number. I'm not texting you over and over and over again. I'm calling you. Yeah. We're having a conversation. Yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like if I meet you right away, I'm going to meet you in person because I want to get to know you a little bit better. I'm big on talking on the phone. 
not texting, but having phone conversation. And then when I get a little comfortable, I'm big on FaceTiming with you. So I can just kind of see, you know, make sure you ain't living in your mama house. Let me ask y'all about this. Y'all familiar with a brother by the name of Kevin Samuels. He has a big YouTube channel, big following. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. He talks about relationships quite frequently and he often mentions high value men. He talks about what a high value man wants and he wants a woman that's going to be submissive to him. Mm. And he talks about if you're if you're a high value man, then women shouldn't pay for anything. He says he feels insulted if a woman chooses to try to tries to pay for anything, a meal, uh, rent, mortgage, anything. Are y- y'all familiar with Kevin Simmons? Do y'all agree with some of that rhetoric about submissive? Yeah, I, um, you know, like, I, I, I don't need I wanna, to be familiar I with need a high I don't agree too. with yep. what yep. it stands for. Yep. Now, now I do. Now, I, I do think a man should be prepared to pay for those things if he asks a woman out. But here's my rule, and this is, you know, obviously I'm married now, so I'm not looking. I'm not out there before uh, any, anymore. But when I was dating, if I asked you out, I'm definitely paying for the first meal. I'm paying for the second meal, more than likely. I'm, I'm taking care of all that. But if we go out, we continue to go out. By that third or fourth meal, if you don't even feign or Fake like you're going for the bill or say something like, oh, you always pay. Let me buy you dessert. Let me buy you a drink. Let me make you dinner. I'm wondering. I really am wondering. And I'm an old school guy and I get that or whatever. But at the same time, I want to see that the woman is with me for more than just a foodie call. And I that agree is with that 100%. And, and, and L.A. is like that a lot. Women, it, they'll go out on dates with guys just for food. Foodie, that's what they call them, foodie calls. It ain't a booty mm. call, it's a foodie call. See, I can't even wrap mm. my head around that. That's, that's just, I just don't care. Yeah, that's because for his birthday, you went ahead, the private chef, you <laughs> a whole event for the brothers. I understood, you're a high-value woman, so I, I get that. Now, let me ask y'all this, because I know I don't have much time with y'all. Is We're recording on a Friday night. This comes out on Monday, so y'all got things to do, and it's kind of late. But um, what do you think are the most important things that make a relationship and a marriage last? What are those? Honesty. Mm -hmm. Trust. Trust. Mm -hmm. Compatibility. Commitment. And and willing to work out your differences and understand that there are going to be issues in your relationship. Yeah. And friendship. Friendship. You got to be friends with your husband. Mm -hmm. You have to like your husband. Mm -hmm. You got to love him and you got to like him. Mm Mm-hmm. Two different things. You ain't gonna like them all the time, but you gotta the, like them most of the time. You gotta like them most of the time. You gotta and, like them most, of and time. you gotta be willing. Once again, I think working through the issues that you have and finding somebody that is worth working through those issues. When you do, when you do that, that's when you. I think when you're in love, I really do believe. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, everyone, you know, Mike has his issues. I have my issues. You're not gonna. Well, meet thanks anyone. for saying that. Well, it's the truth. Well, Everyone both has of us. <laughs> I said you had yours and I had mine. Well, I didn't know if you was going to say your other part, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. We both, everyone has issues. Yeah, we do. Okay, whatever those issues mm-hmm. are. Some it may have more issues than the next person. Mm-hmm. But everyone has issues. You have to decide. You know, I want to know, like, when I get to know someone, I don't want to just want to know the good things about them. Tell yeah. me the bad stuff. Right. And so so I can know if I want to sign, sign up for that. Tell me the bad stuff. What are your what are the flaws mm. because i need to know if i want to hang around for the flaws mm. <laughs> i can hang around for the good stuff right tell me the bad stuff what's mm-hmm. your worst 
thing about you? Right. What What's your weakness? Mm-hmm. What What you know? And be honest. Be what are your deal breakers? Yep. What are your deal? You know, for me, my deal breakers are I'm definitely not going to be with someone who is who I can't trust. I, I just can't. I don't have time. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. So I got to feel comfortable. You can't make me feel comfortable. We can't be together. I got to feel um, peace. You don't bring me peace. We can't rock. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, issues like what are you willing to ride with somebody on or with? Mm-hmm. Through. Through. What are you willing to do? Because some stuff you may not want to be like, you know what? I just ain't going to be able to do that. Like, that's one of your things. Like, if Mike said, this is an extreme example. If Mike said, um, I like doing cocaine. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> is, is this a confession? <laughs> because I've never seen it, but tell us. Mike, do you like cocaine? Yeah. I'm just Should we call you cocaine, Mike? For, this is a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. Yeah, this is hypothetical. I've never used cocaine in my life. Right. So even if he, I know this is a hypothetical, mm. but it's say if he did have, you know, because people do be, you know, people are here on drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. I would say, do I want to deal with that? You wouldn't help me get cleaned up, baby. I mean, that's... I, I could, I could say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna see you through this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna help you get off cocaine, and I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna go to Cocaine Anonymous with you, and all that <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? But. I have to ask myself, do I want to? Do I want to mm. go through all mm. You know what I'm saying? I dated somebody that is an alcoholic. And at one point, he wanted to date again. And he cannot drink because he's an alcoholic. I like to drink. And I didn't feel like... I don't want to not drink around him because he's an alcoholic. That's his problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to go to the restaurant and order a margarita. But now I got to be feeling some kind of way about it because, you know, it may break him down. Yeah, I don't want dry. that. I can't be in a relationship with somebody that is an alcoholic when I like to drink. So that alone was a deal break. I was like, look, dude, I wish you well and I hope you meet somebody, but I'm going to have to have my cocktails. I'm a reality star. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't do it. That's an issue I didn't want to take on. So that conversation couldn't go farther than that. So cocaine, okay, but alcohol, no good. No, no, (laughs) no. I just used, alcohol was like real situation that happened to me. The cocaine, you know, the drugs thing, like I said, some people are willing to put, you know, do, you got to be true to yourself. I don't want to deal with that. Well, for for me, I want to know the rules. Give give me the rules. Let me know what we're doing in the beginning. Because if you can do it, I can do it. Uh, bottom line and I want to see if you say you want to do it if I want to deal with it and vice versa so it's not going to be uh, a double standard it's not going to be one rule for one person and not the other I want to play by the same set of rules that you're playing by equality is big for me across the board in any way so if you're able to do this on social media and get away with it I'm able to do this on social media and get away with it bottom line across the board so i don't like that double standards are no no for me and well let me just point out that mike is definitely the petty one in the relationship so 
trust and believe he can get petty, petty, petty. Okay, if I do something and it rubs in the wrong way, oh, brother man over here gonna gonna pay me back now, one way or the other. <laughs> I'm gonna know that I'd hurt this man's feelings in some way. He's mm-hmm. going to go there for sure. So, so what is it like being in a relationship where both of you are in the public eye? Mm. Mm, blessing and a curse. You know, it's 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 difficult. You know, a lot of great things have come out of it. But at the same time, you know, when you sign on, like for me, I'll just speak for myself. I signed on to be a reality star. So I gave up my privacy the day I decided to be a cast member of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, With that said, you know, my life is out there. I put my life out there. I am not surprised or shocked when people have opinions about my life, good or bad. It just is what it is. Um, you know, for the most part, I try to conduct myself in a way, carry myself in a way where I don't get a lot of hate and scrutiny, but at the same time, I, I, I'm always expecting it because, you know, haters gonna hate, you know, it just is what it is. So the privacy, but you know, I've been, I've been in the game for a long time now. I'm kind of, you know, I have a tough skin. I, I pretty much... I don't enjoy it, but I can deal with it at this point. It's not, I'm not going to lose sleep over, um, you know, people saying nasty things about me or just not liking me or whatever it is. You know, they, you know, the trolls may say or the blogs may say, like, I just can't really consume myself with that because at the end of the day, I don't know these people. Um, you know, if Michelle Obama and Oprah were somewhere wearing me out, then maybe my feelings would be hurt. But, you know, usually, <laughs> right. you know, I don't really, you know, if someone I respected, you know, if I disappointed in some way, then that would be hard for me. But as far as just trolls on social media, bloggers that I don't know, you know, their opinion does not matter to me and, and they're entitled to have it. But I, I don't I get I get to still not care. <laughs> But they're entitled to have it. Well, I think he's some from a relationship aspect. It's it's tough, and I'll, I'm just going to speak for me because you know I've been in on national news for the last 16, 17 years. ESPN had a following there, but this is a different animal for me, and it took me a long time to actually adjust to the scrutiny, the criticism that comes with it, because your every move is scrutinized. I could be having lunch with a female companion that's a friend that I could just have FaceTime with with Cynthia and somebody could take my picture and try and put it in the blog and make it seem like it's worse than what it is. And once it happens, then automatically people just want to believe it. Uh, I can take a picture and put it on social media and they're going to find something wrong with it. They always have an issue and they always want to say something about our relationship. In the beginning, it was fake. It's for a storyline. It's like, oh, he's a cheater. He's doing all this. He's going to do nothing but cheat on her or whatnot. Uh, Oh, and they're they're engaged. I was for the storyline. And then all of a sudden you get married. Oh, it's only going to last for three months. I'll give it a year. You see all that type of stuff and you understand where it's coming from. And like Cynthia said, you know, a, a hater has never done anything uh, that's better than you. So you got to understand where it's coming from and and the, the type of person it's coming from. But it's still tough to get used to uh, because it is our relationship. It is our love. And we know how genuine it is. And we don't want anybody questioning. But the people who are questioning it, we have to just pray for them. 
and uh, you know, hope that they can find something as good as we have. I don't pray for them. I block them. Well, we, we, you can block them. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you you pray for them and you pray that they find somebody as as wonderful uh, and, and and as loving and have a relationship as beautiful as we have. Uh, so if they, they hate on me, I don't really care what they do. Well, they, that's your that's your soul. My soul, my spirit basically says, you know, I block them too, but I'm still going to pray for them as I block them. Bottom uh, line, so a real man of God. It, yeah, you got to, you know, see, I still got the spirit in me, baby. See, the yeah. bottom line. But, you know, but no, it, bottom line is, man, it's, it's, it's tough. It really is tough sometimes being in this celebrity relationship and having, you know, people having their opinions and saying anything that they want to about you at any particular time. You know, sometimes I just wish I could be uh, dating uh, just a regular person or just a regular person and not have to worry about, you know, how I'm dressed or if I put something on social media, how, you know, if it's going to be scrutinized. Blah. I just want to just have fun and be myself sometimes. Yeah, right. I can understand why some celebrities, you know, when they get to a certain level and I and I, I use the word celebrity loosely when it comes to me. I just consider myself a reality star. <clears throat> um but anyway, um, I can see how some of the bigger celebrities, when I think celebrity, I think like Eddie Murphy or somebody, you know what I'm saying? I could see why they kind of become introverts and kind of isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. The more uh, fame I get, the more um, peace I crave. Um, the more I don't like being in the spotlight, the more I don't like to be that social and be around a lot of different people. Because, you know, you don't know what people want from you. And also, I'm very protective of my energy, and I don't like certain energy around me, so I'm very protective of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, but it's it's part. It's you know, I mean, I, I think about my little bit, little little bit of celebrity I have. And I think about somebody like Beyonce. I'm like, well, child, what is she doing? <laughs> Beyonce, I can't imagine her haters. Goodness gracious. But, you know, I, what I look at, what I see in, in her life, in her relationship, it seems like, you know, they protect each other. They protect each other. You know, they do what they need to do to they have figured out a way to have peace. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah, so that celebrity. And yeah. I think that's the trick. There's a reason, you know. I live on a lake. I need peace. I need that balance in my life. I need to be able to come home to peace. I think that's very, very important. So when the noise is going on and the chaos and the trolling and whatever, it doesn't take me out because I have peace no matter what. You don't like me, I still get to come home to peace. Mm. Uh, I had a bad episode, I still get to come home to peace. Um, you know, the, the things that I care about, I'm clear about the things I care about. My family. You know, that's it. That's who I am and, at the end of the day. You know. And that's it. And your and your relationships isn't your your relationship isn't scripted for the show. It's it's real life, and people may assume that it's scripted, but it's real life. Oh, trust me. So I wish it was scripted. It'd be easier. <laughs> I wish we could just come up and make it up. This is our real life. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. I've been on reality TV for over a decade now. And all I've ever done was be me and be transparent. Show mm. my ups, downs, peaks, valleys, highs, lows, strong points, weak points, 
be vulnerable, be a mess, be a boss, be strong. I've shown it all. And with that, I'm inspiring somebody. I'm motivating somebody to do something. And I always just choose to focus on the positive. Mm. You know, my real life is my real life. And I show, if I'm gonna be a reality show, a reality star, I have to show my real life. Social media is a choice. I don't have to participate in that if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? My job, my life, the job that I've chose to, to have, you know, that's all a choice. Everything else, you know, you know, well, I, I, those are the things that I want to do. Um, participating on social media, that's that's my choice. You know, engaging, you know, that's my choice. Well, as we as we bring this to a, a close, I wanted to ask you, Mike, a question. Because when you're on TV, you're such a, a positive and upbeat person in, in, in life. And per my experience with you, very positive and upbeat. But as we know from your amazing memoir, Open Mike, which came out last year, you've battled your share of inner demons. Yeah. Uh, why did you write the book? And if you would tell us some of your personal struggles from from childhood. Well, I wrote the book because I needed to write the book. It was time. Uh, I, uh, I started writing it uh, because a friend of mine told me I needed to write a memoir because I was telling her about my uh, about my past and some of the things I dealt with uh, over my career and my personal life. But I didn't feel like it was time to write it because I didn't think anybody was going to read it. I'm like, who am I? I'm not a celebrity. I'm not anybody big. Nobody cares about my life. But then I picked it back up and started writing again about three or four years later because I felt like I needed to write it. Because if I didn't write it at that particular time, which was about three, four years ago, I, I wouldn't be here right now. And I really, truly believe that, Gianno. I really feel like I would have had a stroke. I would have died of a heart attack because I had so much internal pain and trauma and sadness that was embedded in me that I had just suppressed for so many years that needed to be released. And as I told you earlier in the podcast, uh, open mic was my therapy that I didn't even realize I needed to have. So once I started writing the book, uh, everything started flowing out and I started feeling a sense of relief and I had to even write more and more. And once I started writing, I couldn't stop writing. And uh, so some of those pains, some of those traumas, you know, we deal with as uh, and we talked about it as as being growing up in certain environments as a black man, you know, uh, seeing domestic violence, you know, at an early age. One of the first memories I had in my life was seeing my mom, you know, brutally beaten by my dad. Uh, finding out my dad, my stepfather, who um, who raised me because my biological father wasn't in my life. My stepfather was a, a hitman. Uh, who spent the last nine years of his life in, in prison for murder for hire. You know, a lot of the things that I saw, I didn't see a lot of love and didn't see a lot of uh, positive male role models in my life growing up. So I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to commit to anybody. The first person I ever told I love, I, this woman looked at me like I was crazy and it affected me for so many years. So it was so many different things that happened to me at an early age that we as black men a lot of times just deal with because we feel like that's life and we never go and get the uh, the help that we need. And so the reason you asked me why I wrote the book is because at the time I needed to write that book. Uh, and that became my first sense of therapy. And once I got that out, I was able to, to follow up with uh, a counselor. And uh, I've been doing that ever since, bro. And Gianno, just really quickly, if Mike had written that book, I don't think we would be together. 
Mm. Honestly, I really don't. I don't think he would. Um, I, I don't think he would have been able to be with someone like me, and I don't think I would have wanted to be with him. Mm. You know. I wouldn't have been ready. I wasn't because, you know, I, I, there was a lot of things and it cost me a lot of relationships. And I wrote that in, in Open Mic. It, it cost me because I wasn't whole because I didn't realize that I was hurting myself one way, but I was hurting the people around me because of the things that was affecting me in my life that I didn't even really know about. And I was reaching out like I was telling, you know, Cynthia, I didn't trust a lot of people in the beginning because I didn't trust myself because I wasn't in love with myself. I couldn't fall in love with somebody else. And that included my ex-wives. You know, I could love somebody, but I could not fall in love with somebody. And that was a big difference. And I was hurting uh, myself and I was hurting other people around me. So, yeah, until I was able to become whole, I wasn't able to accept somebody uh, like Cynthia because, you know, I was playing games. I was being a boy and acting like a man and thinking I was a man, you know? So I, and once I wrote the book, I was able to start stepping into my manhood and I'm still doing that to this very day. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I have a copy of your book. It's a great memoir and I encourage people to buy it. And I also want to uh, thank you for supporting my book, Taken for Granted. You and Cynthia yes. and y'all went out and bought it on your own. I didn't have to give a free copy and you didn't have to do that for me because we support man. each other. So I appreciate that. And I want to thank y'all for spending y'all Friday night with me. It's currently 8 p.m. on the Friday, and I know y'all probably got the drink stirring in the background and ready for that for the for the Bailey uh, Bailey drink. What's the what's the name of your drink, uh, Cynthia? Uh, um, Peach, Peach Bellini. Bellini Seagram's Escapes Peach Bellini. Peach Bellini. So I know those that's that's getting ready for <laughs> your Friday night. Now, before we go, what's next for you guys? Do you have any big projects coming up for the folks at home? that they should know about what can people find you on social media and elsewhere elsewhere and what's next for the real housewives of atlanta and, and certainly um plug your your morning show mike on um, black news channel okay uh what's next uh in terms of real housewives of atlanta um uh, we just finished filming the reunion three-part reunion that's coming up that's always uh fun to watch not as much fun to do but definitely fun for y'all to watch mm. <laughs> it's a long day a lot going on but i actually enjoy the reunion because it's our time to have the face-to-face -face and just get closure with whatever issues uh, mike and i have a couple of other tv projects that we're working on together we can't really say right now but as soon as we are able to officially announce them we will come back on your show and we'll let you know <laughs> please um, and thank you but yeah we got a lot of things going on you guys know if you're ever in atlanta uh, come have a glass of wine with us at the bailey wine cellar um absolutely but we're good right now you know we're like six months into our marriage our biggest project right now <laughs> our biggest job right now is now that we have tied the knot you know getting married is one thing staying married you know just working <laughs> on our relationship just keeping it going you know getting here is one part like just stand like just being keep staying in this place of love and happiness and peace you know that takes work you just don't get married and then it just magically everything is perfect you got to work on it you got to keep you know you got to keep your marriage going and keep it happy and healthy which is why my man is about to take me to dinner on a date mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but now I got, you know, I got the Black News Channel, man. It's just started and we just launched in March. We launched uh, it's Start Your Day uh, with uh, Sharon and Mike. So getting up super early in the morning, having a good time. It's part talk show, part news channel. We keep it real. Great platform. 
but uh, also, you know, as Cynthia said, we got a couple of projects that we're working out that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, open mic is still in bookstores, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Target, uh, Walmart, and um, one more place. Amazon. Amazon. There you go. Amazon.com. See, my man's always looking out for me there. <laughs> and uh, I got my open mic sessions that I'm doing and just, you know, enjoying life, man. That's what it's all about. And hanging out with my man Gianno when he comes to LA, but he's hanging in Miami so much Miami. now. You don't come see me anymore, bro, brother. Yeah, no, I'm going to be with you. And I, I saw that I, or rather, I didn't see a lot of people told me that I made the Real Housewives of Atlanta when I was at your wedding. So, oh, yeah, you was dancing, bro. Yes. <laughs> <I know>. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my, my biggest skill sets. I, I hit the dance floor. You have a good time, my man. You Absolutely. Have a good time. You, you already know. Person. Indeed. Well, thank y'all for joining Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. And it's been an honor to hear your story again and expose uh, my audience to uh, your lives. And it's, it's really an honor to see where you all are and where you're going. And I'm so thankful to be a friend to you both and, and just see it up close and personal. And, and thank you for sharing that light with, with, with my listeners. Gianno, thank you, man, for having us on. Man. We really appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you, my guy. I want to thank Mike Hill and Cynthia Bailey Hill again for the great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingerstreet60.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Gianno Caldwell. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans and Liberalism Failed. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.